This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Yes, Wayne Goldsmith joins us in his regular Wednesday spot. We call it Wayne's World. Any questions or queries for Wayne, you can text those through to 5009. How are you, sir? Well, mate, the only sports news I want to hear is, uh, you know, six key all-black forwards uh, decide to migrate to Australia permanently in time for the World <laughs> Cup. That would be, that'd be some pretty exciting breaking news for me. But um, oh. apart from that, mate, we're, in all seriousness, we're all dealing with the bushfires here and... We've got uh, the bushfires are a fair way from us. They're about 30 kilometres from where we are. But uh, there's this constant smell of burnt bush. And even last night, driving home with the kids, the the sunset was it was a bright red sunset, which is the the sun's rays bouncing off the dust particles and the and the uh, the ash and the other things in the air. It's, I haven't seen a sunset like that since I used to go to Africa fairly regularly. But, uh, yeah, pretty desperate times. No rain, very low water, and um, fire crews and first responders out there risking their life as usual. It's uh, probably a bit of a dark time of the Gold Coast just at the moment, but like everywhere, you bounce back after tough times. Absolutely. You know, look, uh, since we last spoke, I've, I've actually spent some time on your side of the Tasman. I was up in the Whit Sundays, a place called Airlie Beach. Oh, I don't know if you know it. Know it well. Know it well, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, watching some television over there and seeing some of the some of the news footage of what you've just talked about, yeah, pretty harrowing and uh, some worrying times. So we wish you all the best and, and hope that uh, hope that the rain comes. But man, it's dry, isn't it, Wayne? Even up in, I mean, especially up in North Queensland, man, it's dry. Yeah, it, it is. It's I mean, it's a uh, uh, we've got a visiting exchange student here from Switzerland at the moment. I was trying to explain to him just the real nature of Australia that the perception is beaches and the golden sands and all the positive things. But when you travel around a bit, you just realise that the 80%, 90% of the country is is more or less desert and that most of the people rely on the next drop of rain more than they rely on the next breath of air that they've got. That uh, It is a very big, very dry land. It's always bizarre to me. You go to New Zealand and it's the most beautiful, green, lush environment in most places. You know, obviously some places... Also do a tougher rain from time to time, but it's such a beautiful, green, uh, lush environment everywhere you go. And then you come out uh, to a lot of places around Australia and they just uh, battle from from year to year waiting for rainfall. So yeah, interesting, isn't it, the contrast of just a couple of hours across the Tasman? Mm. All right, let's talk about a sport. Um, I was mentioning last hour about Australian cricket coach Justin Langer. He's... Uh, He's been asked about the celebrations of the Australian side after they won the Ashes, um, after their fourth test victory at Old Trafford. There's been talk that Steve Smith was wearing glasses, um, a la Jack Leach and shadow batting left-handed. Um, has this been picked up in Australia? Has it gained any traction over there? No, not really. I, look, I, 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 it's an interesting one, isn't it, that, that 
the end of season uh, celebrations are looked at in so many ways. Like someone said to me the other day on radio, he said, why don't they ban all end of season celebrations in NRL, AFL, rugby and so on? And why do, why do players feel the need to do it? And look, well, I said, well, you know, why don't you ban Christmas celebrations? Why don't you ban birthday celebrations? Why don't you ban 21st birthday parties? Um, you know, people who achieve something deserve to be able to let their hair down, relax, unwind, have some closure on the experience and so on. Where it does get a bit messy is where professional athletes who are role models and should be the example for young players and, and have endorsements and sponsorships where they're representing organisations and companies as well as the sporting organisation team and themselves and their family, they've really got to learn to keep it managed, keep it sensible, keep it safe and not fly off the rails. But no, but I'd, it'd be fa- if, if, if it was controversial and I thought it was front page news, I would let you know. But no, I'm not seeing it. It's been talked about a little bit, but I'm, I'm not seeing it as a big issue at the moment here. All right. I mean, just on a wider, just on a wider, I guess, issue around this, is it okay when you when you're celebrating at elite level to take the Mickey a bit out of your opponents because that's what's probably gone on here, I think. And I'm sure when England celebrated after they got out of Jarlot Headingley, they would have um, a bit of their celebration would have been a few kind of internal jabs at the Aussies, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. And and you got to remember, apart from being a national team or being a Super Rugby team, they're also just a bunch of mates getting together and mm. relaxing and celebrating. And, you know, I think it, your life, my life, thing of life of most people is, is like one of my, my young sons, him, a 13-year-old, at dinner last night, he was doing some really good impressions of one of the teachers. Now, would he do it to the teacher? Probably not because he'd like to stay at the school. But it was very lighthearted and, and he was just joking around and he was doing the voice and... And having a bit of – again, as long as it's respectful, as long as it's not homophobic, racist, sexist, as, not, as long as it's following what we expect as societal norms, I don't have too many problems with people doing impressions and doing voices and, and dressing up, but they've got to just meet what we expect as a public, as societal norms. Absolutely no tolerance for sexism, racism, homophobia, um, you know, that sort of stuff – that, that's gone and dead and hopefully never comes back. But, um, yeah, just having a bit of fun making, doing impressions and dress-ups and things, I don't see a lot of problem with that because they deal with a lot of pressure. on it. And that's always the debate, isn't it, Piney, is should we expect more from them than we would expect from our neighbours, our friends and our work colleagues? That's always the, the big debate, isn't it? Look, it is, and, and that's it. And you, you, you said such an interesting thing, which is obvious. They are a bunch of mates, aren't they? They spend so much time together. They, um, you know, they they go on tour together. They're they're clearly going to develop close bonds and friendships. And and as we know, having been young men at uh, at one stage in our lives, and probably the same now when we get together with a bunch of mates, as I did at Ely Beach over the weekend, you do you get a bit silly. You get a bit, you know, you you joke around that sort of thing. And as you say, as long as you don't cross any any um, you know, society societal norms as far as your behaviour and what you're saying is concerned, then you know, I'm not sure that there's much harm in it at all. But but you're right. We we tend to put these you know sports people under a microscope that we wouldn't necessarily apply to ourselves. Right, exactly right. I, I, a few years ago, I, I went to high school uh, in Sydney. A few years ago, one of the the guys I went to high school had a bit of a health risk, and we decided the the group of us that were closest that every year we'd meet in Sydney around about November, 
and uh, we just and, and I fly down and we have a couple of beers. We usually go and have Chinese meal. We share stories and and talk to each other. And inevitably, you're doing impressions of teachers that that you were um, going to school with in in my case in the 1970s and doing voice impressions and and fake yelling. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. But that's just human behaviour. I think everybody likes to think they're a stand-up comedian after two Monteiths, and yeah. and that's part of the beast. But no, but again, mate, I just think where I where I hope where I really hope that our sporting leaders have moved is that they jump very quickly and very hard on anything that is unacceptable in society, and and um, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, as for wiping it out, I don't think we can have human nature, but it just they can't break can't cross the line and anything to do with disrespect that's not tolerated in society. Mm, no, good uh, good points made. Uh, a couple of other things to discuss. Uh, Basketball World Cup is on. The Boomers are there still, uh, quarter-finalists. I know the United States are always runaway favourites as far as the Basketball World Cup is concerned. I see Australia have got the Czech Republic in the quarter-finals in the early hours of tomorrow morning, our time. They should get past the Czech Republic okay. Um, are the boomers well followed in Australia? Basketball sort of um, reasonably well, the national side, I mean, reasonably well followed? Well, maybe interesting with basketball that, that uh, one of our favourite topics is the declining number of kids in the competitive sport. Basketball is one sport here that's definitely slowed down the rate of decline. That they're still seeing drops in particular areas, but they've managed to slow down the rate of decline. And I, I know even a recent discussion I had with uh, the with um, uh, the English the RFU English rugby, they said that at the moment the aim is first of all to uh, slow down the rate of decline while we figure out how to respond. And basketball somehow has figured out how to do that. It, it's it went through a period of incredible growth. Even the 80s, 90s franchises were growing, hit a bit of a flat spot, and it's been struggling ever since. But it, it's funny. I think if you said what is the the number one uh, most closely followed uh, basketball team, basketball player in Australia, it would be probably like the rest of the world. It'd be LeBron James, or it'd be an an, an American NF, uh, NBA player. It's the same here as the, the someone was telling me the other day from one of the sporting um, sales organisations said that the number one selling football jersey here last year was Lionel Messi. So where the kids are saying, yeah, sure, I know we've got kids playing, uh, we've got players playing in EPL, we've got players playing in Bundesliga and so on. But in terms of a fan base, they prefer to watch and follow uh, an Argentine guy playing in Spain than they would be wearing a shirt of Aaron Moy or whatever it is. And it seems to be very much the case, even though Paddy Mills is getting a lot of coverage at the moment here, that it would be fair to say that not a lot of Australian kids would see him as a hero or follow him as closely as they would as some of the other NBA stars. Uh, you'll get junior level. I think they've, they've doing some intelligent things and they've, they've slowed down the rate of decline, but at top level, I, I, Australian kids in general, I don't know too many that would list uh, Australian basketball as their number one sport. All right. And, uh, 
NRL finals. Obviously, on this weekend, we've talked a lot, haven't we, about uh, about regular season turning into finals football and the, the different approach. And I know a lot of coaches, I'm sure, when they're asked this week about whether they've done anything differently, the coaches of the likes of the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, the Storm, the Raiders, um, Seagulls, Sharks, Eels, Broncos, the eight sides left, they'll be at pains, I'm sure, to say, look, we're just doing the same as we've done all season. It's worked for us. Is that actually possible? Well, it, it, it's difficult, but like everything, Pony, it's got to be practised. There's, uh, I don't live that far away from the Brisbane Lions, and I know the head coach, uh, Chris Fagan, and Fagan had a great line the other day that they, they said, what's it like being involved in your first finals campaign for a while? And he said, it really is no different. He said, because what we do, he said, we immediately fit into our same routine as we've done all through the year, and it's a very relaxed place. And that's that's the line you'll see from coaches. One of the reasons that they have a routine and every Monday morning they do this and Tuesday afternoon they do that and why they have that routine in place is that players become very comfortable, very relaxed, very much at ease. Stress tends to go away when you come in and you slip into that weekly routine and you get back into it. And now when the perception of stress and the difficulty of the moment because it being finals football, it gives them a great sense of comfort and relief and ease, and they don't have to think too much. All right, 9 o'clock Monday, I'm on the physio table. 11 o'clock Monday, it's a team meeting and a discussion about tactics. At 2 o'clock, it's in the gym, and then out on the field, 5 o'clock, I'm home having dinner with my family. It gives them a sense of control. It gives them stability. It gives them security and gives them a base to stay and remain relaxed. And I say this constantly, mate, even if you've got kids in junior football this week, um, in Australia and New Zealand, don't change anything. There's nothing you can do this week, coaches, that's going to make them better. And parents, don't go and buy them supplements and sports drinks and new boots. There's nothing you can do in this last week or two weeks at any level that's going to make them any better. All you can do is put them backwards. Stick to what you've done all year round. Don't change anything is the bottom line. Keep it the same. I guess for the other eight teams who, who now aren't playing, and uh, maybe they're having Mad Monday, Wayne. Maybe they're not. Who knows? That's probably immaterial. I know we've talked about that a few times. But when do they start planning? Will they have started already at, at the final whistle of their final game when they haven't made the eight? Will they already be starting to think about 2020? Oh, absolutely, mate. And without giving too much away, one of the NRL teams contacted me about three months ago, and we've had three planning sessions for next year already and that's the last one was three weeks ago so well well advanced in Trump they've already got their pre-season camp detailed their overall strategy their uh, their uh, player exchanges their recruitment uh, the staff changes that they're going to make some little bit of uh, change in the weight room and their strength training programs my well advanced that's that's all there and the, for the coaches they get very little time off they hit the ground Running probably had a couple of weeks in Early Beach coming up. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That's probably what they're about to do, mate. It seems like a good idea. But, yeah, really well advanced. And, and the ones that are going to be sustainably successful, they've got a, a 2022 plan as well and a rough outline and a rough draft of the 2023. That's the nature of the beast is win, lose, draw. you just got to keep thinking how do we get better, how do we improve, how do we learn, what did we get out of this season, uh, even an AFL team, I've done an end-of-season review on one of the AFL teams six weeks ago while they're still playing because the argument is it's no good doing an end-of-season review at the end of the season because people mm. forget. 
people are tired, you actually want to see what was going wrong and what needed to be improved under the pressures and stress of the actual competition. And again, in that situation, they've already digested the report and they're already moving forward on the changes that we think need to be made. So, yeah, it's it's a 12-month gig. Good on you, mate. Uh, The time has flown by as per usual. Stay safe over there. Hope you get a bit of rain, and we'll uh, chat next Wednesday. Yes, mate. Look forward to it. Yes, come on the rain. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.